It's time for another episode of Marketing Pains. The podcast about marketing for window treatment and awning companies. Learn what your colleagues are doing to keep their businesses thriving and growing and what tools you can use to expand your own business. Enjoy the view as window treatment marketing pros owner Will Hankey talks with industry experts digging into their marketing successes, learning how they're attracting more customers and getting you thinking about ways to marketing your own company. All right. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Marketing Pains, the podcast where we talk with real window treatment and awning service providers or business owners about their successes and struggles related to marketing their business. Today, we have a service provider that I first met last year at the Sunshading Expo in uh, Fort Lauderdale. Uh, Very excited to have him on today. Uh, And at the Expo, uh, he had a few sessions on shading, and uh, I'm really delighted to have uh, Anders on today. So uh, my guest started with solar shading back in 1993 as a sales rep for Hunter Douglas. He managed project sales for four years until 2001 when he joined Sumphy Nordic AB as project sales manager. In 2014, he moved positions from Sumphy SA International as international business developer. At the same time, he became active in ESO, or the European Solar Shading Organization, in 2006. And since 2012, he's been a board member and chairman of the marketing committee. As of January 2020, he became the president of ESO. So we're we're excited to to have somebody super important on. We're we're super excited about that. Um, Last year, Anders also started, uh, he created Shading Academy, a platform that gives access to knowledge and about the benefits of shading around global sustainability, healthy environment, et cetera, because there's really no good training out there on this subject. Uh, Shade Academy is a private initiative to develop a platform online for the useful sharing of knowledge and experience around adaptive daylight management. Anders, Anders Hall, thank you so much for being on today. <laughs> Thank you, Will. Uh, I'm glad to be here and uh, a wonderful introduction. So, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, we, like, like I said, we first met last year uh, at the Sun Shading Expo, which was in uh, Charlotte's in partner, or it was in Charlotte. I said Fort Lauderdale, yeah. in Charlotte. Uh, yeah. yeah, in uh, in congruence with the uh, IFAI or ATA uh, Expo at the time. And that was that was a great expo. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, really and, good. And um, I'm, I'm pleased enough to say that uh, R&T being part of that expo for the first time was successful enough. So, so uh, I'm already scheduled to be back in your country in November again for the Orlando version this year. That's fantastic. Uh, you, yeah. you must have you impressed them enough to come back. That's good. <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm part of. I always claim it's it's about teamwork. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, love it, yeah. love it. Good. Yeah. So, um, let's jump in. Give me the two-minute uh, kind of elevator pitch about uh, your your company. Well, my my, I have two hats today. I I could start saying uh, that I did retire in April last year. Okay. And and coming up towards retirement, I said to myself, my work in ESO, the European organization. Was, was taking off in such a direction that I just didn't want to leave yet. 
Um, right. I want to follow through and see what I, we've been fighting for since uh, all these years to, to achieve for the, in, for the benefit of the industry. And I said, I, I need to support myself somehow um, financially to be able to do this. So I, I realized looking back when I started traveling from 2014 um, around the world for Sonfi at the time, which was my employer, um, that there was an immense lack of awareness and knowledge about the benefits, potential benefits of, of dynamic solar shading. So I came up with the idea that, uh, and, and during COVID, obviously, with all the online tools developing, I came up with this idea to create the online platform, shadeacademy.com, where I offer about today, about 10, 11 hours of deep insight in detail about all the aspects of, of solar shading that needs to be understood okay. to properly be able to specify, select, promote and sell, uh, etc. cetera. Um, and um, so this is where I am at the moment. I'm in the middle of my, my startup on, on marketing this. Yeah, but you've already got a, a good library of content out there. Uh, and we're going to we're going to dive into some of the cool things you're doing with some of that content a little bit later on. Uh, but uh, but your plan is to continue to grow that, right? Yeah, absolutely. And and uh, just recently, I was reelected president of SO until 2026. So at least until then, for now, you need to uh, <laughs> bear with me. Um, you know, yeah. I'm, I'm going to stick around at least until 2026. Nice. <laughs> um, until my wife complains enough and, and says enough is enough. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, so what got you into kind of this, this uh, I guess we'll call it a profession, or what got you into um, putting this together in the first place? Um, you mean with the Shade Academy idea? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, um, the thing was, as I mentioned, when I when I started traveling outside, I'm Scandinavian, I'm, I'm Swedish. So up until 2014, I was mainly working in Sweden and Norway. Okay. Uh, but when I uh, when I got traveling for, for my previous employer, I went to Australia, to China, Mexico, Brazil, uh, it was fant some fantastic years that I, 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 I'm, I'm really humbled and, and grateful for that opportunity because it was such a, a good learning experience and giving me insights that right. I only found uh, two universities during these 10 years in the world that, for example, were teaching architect students properly on the use of solar shading in buildings. Okay, and and one is is funny enough. It's an Egyptian professor uh, in Belgium, and his name is Shady Atia. <laughs> okay, <laughs> that's great. Yeah. and and the other one was a university in Sao Paulo, and and um, but nowhere else this is to be found properly. Yeah, and I I did a head count because during the years as an employee, I had to report my actions. Uh, so I made a headcount, and from 2014 up until COVID, I had seminars and, and educational sessions for between three to 600 architects, facility managers, developers, builders um, around the world, three to 600 every year. And every time I got the comments that, wow, this was really interesting, we didn't realize this. We never heard about this. Uh, 
uh, etc. And then uh, three years before COVID, I became a very good friend of, of the uh, head specifier, uh, Oscar Storm, his name is, um, of Sangobain in Scandinavia. And we started talking about the collaborative, you know, thing with the shading and the glass as well. Okay. Glass is also developing in interesting ways. And we need to understand each other um, to, to bring the best combined benefit for the building. And that was a fantastic added dimension to my work. Yeah. And I said to myself, may, just maybe coming up to April last year when I retired, um, here is something. And I saw the increased use. I, I mean, I'm 66. So I'm, 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 I'm not a young tech nerd or anything. Um, I knew nothing about online platforms or recordings or anything. So I started studying on YouTube <laughs> and yeah. um, I learned about softwares, equipment and everything and green screens and all that. And I started building this educational session uh, kind of thing, which has now, long story short, has become not a masterclass anymore, which was my original intention um, to certify people. But now it's like an online toolbox fully accessible of which you can become a member and you can find answers to your questions depending on what actual issues you have on the table right now that's awesome i love it uh so so you really dove in deep and and started learning about all the different aspects of how to put this together well, I, well, actually, yeah, yeah. Well, I always say, um, and I said it at the General Assembly in Brussels uh, just two weeks ago when I met my my um, colleagues in ESSO. I said to them honestly, I wouldn't be half of uh, the competence I represent today uh, without having the opportunity of working together with these fantastic people in Europe. Right. Because it's been such an amazing learning experience. And I, I, every opportunity I have, I say we probably in ESO gather about some of the best brains in our industry. Right. And I've learned I'm a communicator. I'm not a technical guy. I'm not a scientist or anything. You know, I, um, I, I'm, I'm a business developer. Sure. But I, I need all the other aspects and I can get that from these colleagues. And, and I've learned a lot. So. I started actually recording and realizing that, well, I I learned something over these years. That's so, great. <laughs> uh, yeah. I love it. So you've probably kind of already answered this, but what is your uh, unique selling proposition or what makes you different from, uh, from other people that maybe, uh, I don't know if there's anyone else attempting this. Um, <laughs> Well, well, actually, in the sense of an online platform, um, bringing this uh, this kind of kind of knowledge around solar shading and and uh, adaptive daylight management, we still haven't found any equivalents around the world yet. Yeah. Um, um, I've got a Maria Moya. She's uh, chairing the professional development committee in ESO. She's also a partner with me in Shade Academy. She's She's doing okay. everything what I do and in her way of doing it uh, in Spanish for South America, Mexico, and the Spanish speaking, speaking population in yeah. the U.S., obviously, as well. 
and um, I'm, I'm about to sign um, with, with um, a young PhD student I met in Sao Paulo to do it in Portuguese. Okay. And um, well, we hope that this year is uh, the launching year where we're going to bring the awareness that this is available. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So um, interesting challenge. Yeah. Yeah, that's always when you get a, a fairly new project, you know, getting people to to even know it's there, obviously, yeah. uh, which obviously, you know, pushes us towards marketing, which is what our podcast is about anyway. So, yeah. Um, so let's talk a little bit about that. Um, so you've you've got a platform with uh, all the all the videos are up there, all that kind of stuff. Who really is like your main target audience? My main target audience initially comes from, as I, I need to respect my, my, let's say I have two hats. One is right. the president of ESSO and one is my private hat of Shade Academy. Uh, so in terms of Europe, uh, within ESSO, we have a training program established, um, actually based very much on my initiative some years ago, uh, and training our own industry, the members connected to ESSO, um, should have um, uh, this available for them, and they can become certified as uh, solar shading advisors, which okay. is like an introductional level for, um, let's say, installers and and small mom and pop shops, or you know, not to deep, uh, dive deep, um, uh, dive um, deep diving into uh, uh, the nitty gritty details of the building physics. Right. But to make common sense, like using internal shading to improve the the um, uh, the winter insulation of a window, for example. How many knows about that? I right. mean, that can be easily used as a sales argument uh, sure. when you meet private customers, etc. But then again, going as soon as I, I with Shade Academy, I, I leave Europe. I, my material or my content, it is about shading. Um, so, so anybody would be more than welcome to, to, to join the group, but my original intentions was to reach people outside our industry. And I describe it as the people looking at us, making decisions on whether they use our solutions or not, Got it. which means architects, developers, investors, facility managers, sustainability consultants, HVAC engineer, MEPs, right. all these kinds of people, uh, because there are some built-in challenges there. Uh, I would say not particularly uniquely for US, but definitely for US in the sense of the use of two softwares looking at us, which is Energy Plus and IES. Okay. Which which are the two um, dominant softwares uh, on your market uh, that gives not entirely a proper representation of our contribution. Got it. Got it. Okay. If there's one thing that you um, would attribute your success so far with this, yeah. what would that be? Well, um, difficult to say. Um, difficult to pinpoint, but sure. I, I I think that I get I get a lot of positive reactions on my seminars, etc. 
Yeah. And and one of the main ones that I've received over these years when I was traveling and doing all my seminars, people would come up to me and in general terms say, you can really feel and understand that you are really engaged and you believe in what you're doing. And and I I valued that very high. Right. Because it was not only like I was there to sell something and get an order and cash in on something. Uh, I, I was honestly sharing knowledge yeah. uh, that was valued by the audience. And that's where I would like to also build my brand name now in my new role as, as the founder of Shade Academy, that people should see me as a provider of reliable information and knowledge that can help them to transform into something that would help the positive development of transforming our building stock into a more sustainable building stock than we have yeah. today. Yeah. So are you really leaning a lot towards the sustainability side of things and, and uh, your teaching kind of reflects a lot of that? Well, um, yeah, well, um, uh, don't, mistake me for Greta Thunberg. Right, same. right. <laughs> uh, uh, she is also Swedish, by the way. Uh, oh. But it doesn't mean we're we're the same. I have a slightly different approach. Um, sure. I'm into, I'm not so much into the catastrophe of things, etc. I'm more into, we can do a lot of pragmatic, yeah, um, normal things. And I, I, I can share with you, for example, I, I, I have this discussion with Terry is, um, let's say, uh, an energy um, research institute in India or with very high recognition. Okay. And I know Sanjay Seth, their CEO, since, since years. And I was there in October before you and I met in Charlotte. And we had this discussion comparing European development with the development in India. And we came up with this, let's say, conclusion that it all starts with the lack of awareness. Right. Yeah. So that's where we need to start. Uh, people are not aware. And, and um, uh, some of my punchlines that I, I use in, in my marketing is, for example, my, my main one is um, the best kilowatt hour is always the one we don't need. Oh, I like it. Yeah. And if you think about it, it can be twisted towards solar shading quite a lot. Sure. Another one is I say that shade helped us to survive and develop as a human species for about maybe 150,000 years. And all of a sudden now we in panic needs to reinvent shade in our buildings to make us sustainable and surviving even because people are dying of overheating around the world. Now. Yeah. Um, yeah. In building, it's it's kind of uh, amazing in a way that we need to, to do that. Um, and and um, Sandhya and I, we came up with the conclusion, and this is where I, I came up with the idea of the LinkedIn videos I started a couple of weeks ago with that I call shorts on shading. Okay. Uh, where I have like a two minute video on one topic around shading and it's snap snap on LinkedIn, but we will also use it um, in the R&T uh, exhibition marketing starting off the summer, which is the big exhibition in Stuttgart. 
and and we will also use it for example in india to bring awareness not only to commercial people but also to the general public nice yeah uh, i mean um us is a big country and i live in sweden so uh let's say we compare where i live with uh, the north of the us i mean how many in the general public are aware of that with dynamic interior shading with good performance fabrics you can improve your insulation of your windows during winter with up to about 40%. Right, right. Or zero. Yeah. That will make a massive difference on your energy bill. Yeah. And it's this kind of basic um, awareness that we need to seriously, as an industry, to start bringing to, to the public. It's not only about solar shading is really not the right best name actually on what we're doing i mean it's it's more about the dynamics of the weakest part of our buildings right but i i don't have the name yet but if i come up with one i will certainly share with you will yeah yeah totally <laughs> makes sense uh from from our my side as a as a marketing company one of the things that we do is we write content for all of our clients yeah. and anytime that we create content around uh, saving money, blackout shades, you know, some of these types of things. Um, yeah. Those blogs, uh, like you said, tend not to do well uh, from a from a traffic standpoint because people don't uh, know no. that, they, that they even should be looking for that kind of a thing, even though it's, like you said, yeah. it's a, it's a um, something that can save them a significant amount of money. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, for sure. And, and, uh, but I mean, also, as, as an industry, part of the industry uh, kind of guy, um, I'm, and this is also a personal experience that solar shading people during the summer seasons, I mean, COVID years were amazing in terms of business for our right. industry. I mean, in Europe, we saw sales increases of 35 to 40% per annum. Right. That is flattening out now, by the way, with the interest rates and everything, and COVID yeah. is more or less gone and all that. But the challenge we have with what I'm talking about is that I frequently meet people from our own industry, installers, that would say to me, oh, my God, Anders, do you mean I need a PC now to sell my awnings? Oh. <laughs> I don't care. And he's probably driving... Uh, a much bigger car that I have. He's probably also has got a boat four times the size of my boat. <laughs> and every three months, every year, he goes to like Florida every summer when he closes down his business. Yeah. And I'm trying to tell him that he can sell solar shading during winter. And he says, well, why should I care? And and the challenge I have with, uh, we have with that is that I, I I can't tell him that he's wrong because right. I can't I can never tell him to to do his business. He's happy. He's making a good turnover, and that's fine. That's beautiful, you know. Yeah. Um, but what I'm aiming for now is to reaching out to the broader public, both the, the domestic one, but also mainly because my my past is related to commercial buildings. That's right. where I come from. Um, and if I can reach the architects and developers, and I say, if you follow the cash, 
Sure. We should reach out to facility managers, developers, and investors. Yeah. Because they are paying for our stuff in the end. And if I can help to create the demand from the top, it will funnel through to our industry eventually. Right. But then also that means that our industry will be asked questions about energy efficiency and, and all this. And this yeah. is where it's very important that we also in parallel prepare our industry for that kind of questions. Makes because sense. Yeah. again, in the business development sense and the marketing sense, you can never say that I claim a seat at the table when these decisions are being made. You have to deserve that by being the professional they expect to talk to. Yeah, yeah. And professionalism always starts with knowledge. Yeah, and it makes sense that you would, you know, you would kind of target the architects and the uh, those types of that kind of an audience. Yeah, uh, because ultimately, just by getting, you know, getting into into talking with them, you're going to affect. All the people that use that building, for instance, yeah, right? you're, you're going to impact a, a very large part of society with uh, with that small audience. Yeah, I, I can share if if we have time, I can share a short uh, recent story with you that sure, really highlights what I'm talking about. Sure. So a very good friend of mine, he lives only ten minutes away from from where I live. Um, his name is also Anders. He's like the top installer in my home town which is Gothenburg okay and he's doing more or less more or less more than 90 percent of all commercial buildings with shading in Gothenburg today Got it. Um, he was involved in a project recently where um, the the specifying architect was um, interested in the technical aspects which is not natural all the time, you know. So it was very positive. It was specified with dynamic solar shading, with automation, motorized, uh, uh, motorized internal roller blinds, etc. Yeah. For quite a big office um, in the city here. Now, when that building goes out on contract to the construction company, they say, ah. Shading will be uh, too much uh, cost, etc. We just remove it from the budget. So it became manually operated solar shadings instead. Ah, okay. Roller blinds on a, on a bolt chain in the whole office. Now the building is already in use since six months. And even if we had winter, the people moving in, it's one company moving in, it's their new head office. They are absolutely appalled about the indoor and environment. Now this guy, he has a meeting with the architect, the head architect for yeah. the project. And he says, what's going on? You know, you removed this functionality from the building and now people are, are unhappy. And he said, it's almost horrifying to, to tell you about this. You know, the answer from one of the leading architects in my country, he says, as an architect, I'm responsible to deliver the visual perception of the working environment. It's not my responsibility to care about the technical aspects. Oh. You see what I mean? 
Yeah, yeah. And my mind goes like, boof. <laughs> and, and, and it's like, yes, you're designing a beautiful building, but now 400 people move in and they right. suffocate. Yeah. And you say that's not part of your responsibility as an architect. Right. Come on, yeah. wake up. <laughs> And that is what making me like, let's say, a slightly different version of Greta Thunberg. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. this is what is triggering my ambition around Shade Academy. You're listening to the Marketing Pains Podcast. We'll be right back after this break. This episode of Marketing Pains is sponsored and underwritten by my own company, Window Treatment Marketing Pros. First of all, thank you so much for taking time out of your day today to listen to the podcast. I really do appreciate it. And I hope that you're gaining some knowledge, tidbits, uh, good information that will help your business grow. Window Treatment Marketing Pros is the only digital marketing company that works specifically with window treatment and awning companies around the U.S., we handle entire digital marketing campaigns from website design to SEO and more. With over 23 years of experience in the digital marketing arena, we can help your business get more website traffic, leads, and phone calls. We work with businesses that are experiencing significant growth or businesses that want to experience significant growth, and we have plans to fit most of those companies. If you're ready to invest in your business, you want the phone to ring more, and you have the resources to handle that growth, please schedule a short discovery call with me at wtmarketingpros.com strategy. I'd love the opportunity to talk with you about your business, your vision for the future, and your ultimate goals for your company. Schedule that today, and I look forward to meeting you. In the meantime, back to today's episode. So around that that architect and and that mindset, uh, what is what is your biggest challenge in promoting Shading Academy or trying to get in in front of them? Well, it's it's uh, simple enough in the sense that so far we haven't seen me and my colleagues any similar offer to this kind of audience, and because of their unawareness around it so far there are some I, I i i must say i mean we have mark kirsten in australia we have plp architects in in germany uh we have you know a handful of these cherries in the pie that okay. do understand and address it and and do successfully specify and execute buildings of of very very high level performance but they are very few I mean, you can, I come back to India, for example, when Sandhya told me that we have today, this was October last year, he said, we have in India today 246,000 architects registered in India. Wow. And we said, would it be doable within the next three years that we could train maybe 5,000 of them? Right. And he said, yeah, well, I think that's doable. Yeah. Because I think that if we can if we can train the first five thousand there, if we could train the first two thousand or or five hundred in the U.S. on this, that will start to create ripples. Yeah, you know, because it goes so well together with 
the general societal, uh, uh, you know, ambition around sustainability. Right. right. I mean, we click into the whole story uh, so perfectly that I've never seen the likes of the op business opportunities for our industry to grow. And it's not about, you know, fighting over market shares or anything. Um, you should know that um, twice now we've ran what we call um, a business summit in, in Europe okay. for leading companies in our industry. We had the latest one in, in September in Portugal last year. And we gathered about 70 CEOs of, of uh, the leading um, industry in, in Europe. And we told them that this is our honest opinion as leaders of the European organization, that if we work smart the next five to 10 years as an industry, we have the opportunity to at least five-fold, maybe even tenfold our turnover. So it means we don't need to fight for market shares. Right. We are fighting to grow the market. Yeah. And a better opportunity than the one we have right now. I can't see a better one. Yeah. Yeah. It's a golden opportunity for our industry. It is. Yeah. And I know that you mentioned you're doing the um, the shorts, short, shorts, shorts for shades. Is that what you call it? Short, shorts on shading. Shorts on shading. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and you're doing that on LinkedIn right now. Mm -hmm. um, yes. Any plans to do that on other platforms as well? Well, I've, I've decided. I mean, I am a one-man band, so sure. I need to do my own video productions, I everything and softwares and all of that. So I, I need to be reasonable in, in some way. Yeah. And I'm also retired, so my wife have, has some expectations <laughs> on my hours every week. Um, but, um, I start with LinkedIn because I have quite a strong, uh, group of followers. I have about, I think 4,700 followers Yeah, and I'm part of, of about 50 different groups as okay. well. So I also post in these groups and I try to, um, in a way that the LinkedIn algorithm won't kill me. Because LinkedIn hates links to outside platforms. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so I need to verbally convey the message that join me on my YouTube channel because all shorts will be collected there. So I just a couple of weeks ago started. I've got 35 followers or something on YouTube now. Okay. Um, but it's only like weeks old. We'll, so, we'll try uh, to get you to 36. The best we can. <laughs> <laughs> you have to start somewhere. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, good. But so, that's where I focus. LinkedIn and YouTube is where I will focus. Yeah, I think that makes sense. I mean, definitely LinkedIn first. Uh, yeah. That is where your audience is. Yeah. Uh, makes the most sense. And then yeah. building an archive of those on YouTube, you know, would be the next best uh, yeah. scenario. Yeah. Yeah, I like no, that. Sure. Okay. So uh, as I mentioned before we started here, I mean, the past, I think it's five videos during three weeks before and after Easter, uh, triggered about at least 40, close to 45,000 views. Oh, okay. So, nice. um, so, I mean, it, it's not the recipe of, of quality in, in the sense that a lot of people saw it. Right. But it, it means that people viewed it and there is a certain level of interest out there. Yeah. 
that's what I read into that. Yep. Um, and um, I will continue with that for sure. Love it. Love it. Yeah. What do you see as a current trend uh, in the shading industry that we should be paying attention to? Uh, current trends? I mean, um, well, in, in terms of Europe, I mean, Europe is quite, in, in some parts, quite a strong external solar shading market, particularly if you go through Norway, Germany, Switzerland, Austria, and uh, with shutters as well coming into the scope. You, you know what I talk about when I say shutters? Really closing down the windows yeah. like yeah, in yeah, Spain. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so, of course, in ESSO, we are working hard on promoting external shadings because, I mean, there is an intellectual sense in that if the shading is, is external, it takes the hit before the window. Yep. So in any kind of simulation you make or calculation, it will always be slightly better. But then I take the other stance, which is I was traveling China, Australia, Mexico, Brazil, everywhere, you know, around. And I, I would probably say that, I don't know, I don't have a number, but at least 95% of the shading market around the world globally uh, is internal shading. Sure. And, and the recent activities I have together with some leading glass manufacturers in Europe I learned that the way that they develop the selectiveness in their glazings with, with removing the UV and the IR radiation, et cetera, and only allowing the visual spectrum, um, combine that with interior smart behaving shading. I think that is the predominant way for our industry to succeed yeah. in terms of business and turnover. It's cheaper than external. It's easier to maintain. It's also ad easily adoptable to uh, existing buildings. Right. Yeah. And here's an interesting aspect I would like to share with you that is probably applicable for the US market as well. That in Europe, uh, we very often have a tendency to, well, around the world, we have a tendency business-wise to go to architects and talk about the new builds. But on, on a European basis, new builds only account for between one to one and a half percent per year of the building stock. Okay. The rest is already existing. Yeah. Existing. So I've said for the past at least five years, I said the new business environment for our business to grow is to find a business model to approach the existing building stock where you by tradition won't have the setup with a builder or architect or a sustainability consultant. Right. You might have a private uh, building owner that has 25 buildings in Houston, for example. I mean, how do you approach him or her? Right. Um, that's slightly different. Um, you need to talk to facility managers. I did that in Oslo. Uh, in January, I met 22 of them, the leading ones, um, holding in their hand about 85% of commercial buildings in Norway. All of them had 
a weekly issue in regards of solar shading. Oh. In the sense that they had a 15-year-old system that needs to be refurbished or right. da, 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 something like that. So this yeah. is where our industry, and I think a lot of companies in our industry are missing this business insight, if you could call it that, to recognize this, that they're yeah. for potential growth. And I mean, 85% of existing glazing in Europe today is either single clear or double clear glazing, which means there is no built-in energy performance in the glass. And with interior high-performance shading, you can, as a very cost-efficient first measure, create a lot of benefit for the business owner. The glass industry in Europe obviously claims that you should remove all windows, 85% of windows in Europe, and make them triple glazing and quadruple glazing in Scandinavia even. Huh? Yeah. But the cost factor of the fourth glazing, for example, definitely pays for the shading. Interesting. And, 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 and quadruple glazing is thick, it's heavy, and it's very expensive and doesn't fit in all the facade systems we have available. So, I mean, we have built-in benefits for our industry yeah. to market our uh, offer um, in, in this aspect. And it's not really realized by the shading industry just yet. That's what I see. Yeah, I love that. That's a, that's a great example too. Um, so <laughs> while we're talking about uh, Europe a little bit, um, yeah. Let's switch gears and talk about ESSO. Uh, yeah. Tell us just real quick about that and who the audience is for, uh, for that organization. Well, we, we, are, um, um, we are organizing today um, uh, via... Uh, uh, well, let me explain first that the members of ESSO are the local shading organizations per country. Okay. So the Swedish organization is the member of ESSO. Got it. Uh, that's how it works. Okay. And we are organizing um, 18 countries. I think we are, yeah, with Greece now. Um, Greece just joining. Um, we have Poland coming up. And uh, But I say that 2024, as a president of ESSO, my ambition is that we should organize all European countries. If they don't have an organization, we allow for a supported member, an associated member, which could be a leading company from the industry in that country. Okay. Until they have an organization organized. Right. So that's who we are. Um, now, the audience we have. Um, predominantly, I mean, we started as a service organization for our members to, to conduct some studies, uh, gather knowledge and share it with them so they could disseminate that per country. Got it. Now, we've seen that that is not entirely good enough. So that's why we had these business summits that I previously mentioned, where we now address leading companies around the European industry directly as well. It's not to compete with the local organizations. 
is to create a more direct communication because right. we have now, for example, in Europe, a very, I mean, sustainability obviously is high on the agenda. And we have this European building directive that is presently under survey for update. So we are engaging now uh, our advocacy committee. We have, well, we have four committees. It's advocacy, it's marketing, it's professional development, and it's technical. Okay. So the technical committee was the first one. They are doing some very interesting scientific work. And that leads us to what we can communicate via the advocacy committee when we now approach the EU Commission and say, you should, for example, at this very moment, it will be actually discussed next week in Brussels, if they accept in the technical definition of a building system to include electrically operated solar shading together with artificial light and HVAC, um, air conditioning, et, et, et cetera. Huh? Right. And if we become a technical building system, that will mandate to see us. Because as I, a bit, a bit sloppy way of saying it, but today in terms of regulation, we're, we're like a, a, a plant of green leaves or a, a doormat or something, you know. Sure. You bring it in if you consider you need it. But if we become a building system, we needs to be we need to be considered properly. Yeah. So that has led, for example, to in France now, you won't get the building permits for a commercial building without the specification of external shading. Okay. Full stop. Hmm. Germany had 2022 the first tax reduction on investment in dynamic solar shading, and they ran out of money in, I think, six weeks. Oh. <laughs> you know? That, um, that means there's a demand for it. I mean, so there is there is people that know about it and want it. Yeah, um, exactly. Yeah. So, so this is what I say. This fantastic environment we're in at the moment as an industry to work smart in, 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 in different aspects we can so grow our market uh poof yeah it's amazing yeah it I is an that initiative that germany did that's that's uh that's really yeah. good you know i've got the question i always ask uh if money were no object yeah. what is the craziest marketing thing you would do i think that's a fantastic answer right i mean they're they, well, they did it and ran out of money because of it, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. What we did also this year, it was a bit late, so not all countries could join, but it was the first step. And it's definitely something that the U.S. market to, could join us in. Well, um, you know that the, 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 the 21st of March is where we go from winter to spring in sure. the calendar. So the 21st of March was the global shading day in Europe for the first time. Okay. So we came up with this idea in our, in our marketing committee and say, let's, I mean, we, we have all these days for anything, you know, going on for commercial reasons. So right. why not do a, a shading day? Yeah. And in some countries, I can tell you, in Italy, um, they were very active. Um, in Spain, in Czech Republic, I mean, 
we had like 10 to 20 articles being published um, in, in, in the building press. Wow. As a consequence of these um, activities. And next year, 2024, it's the second time. So more countries will have time to plan and join, you know. Right. And, and I, well, I say you could join. I, I can mention to you that in the General Assembly uh, the other week in, in Brussels, we had an associated member from Mexico. And we, we also welcomed the first associated member from Canada. We will have soon from India. Um, I'm planned to go to Australia in uh, September, hopefully. And, and then BMAA, the organization in Australia, would like to join, let's say, join forces with us. So, I mean, what we are seeing now is actually the embryo of what could become a global movement. Right. Which is something that I've been, um, I've had in my head for the past 10 years. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. It's, and it's another again, answer. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, and, and it's just another reason on the list for why I can't retire yet. I, I need to stick around <laughs> because it turns out it 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 it's starting now. So I, I need to see this through, you know. Yeah. It also uh, does wonders for your um for your exposure and, and just getting the word out about it being, you know, like you said earlier on, a lot yeah. of people don't know that they should even be uh learning about these things. So uh, no. that's fantastic. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. It's great. It's so, really inspiring. Yeah. Yeah. So Anders, uh, this is going to be another two-parter. Uh, mm -hmm. How can people learn more about uh, the Shading Academy and uh, ESSO? Well, um, we are presently, don't visit ESSO.com uh, just yet. Um, okay. Because <laughs> we are um, in, a, in the process of, of completely refurbishing the website. Okay, cool. Yeah, it's grown on an old platform for years. It was started in 2004 and it's old technology and it's very confusing, sure. et cetera. So um, actually my daughter, she's a digital marketing um, girl. She, she's doing a, a lot of the work together with our marketing committee at the moment. Okay, so awesome. ES-SO.com will very soon be completely refurbished. Okay, we'll put that um, into the show notes for sure at the bottom. So, yeah, and and um, there you will be able to find some recent. We don't publish anything older than twenty fifteen. Um, we've we've done recent years really interesting stu studies and projects that we are more than happy to share with the industry and around the world that you can read and and use in. Um, as addition to, to building your marketing stories. Sure. And, and um, I mean, remember, I mean, even if we say that, again, Europe and US, we are, look at the globe. I mean, we, we are on the same latitudes a lot. Right. Right. Uh, so you could use a lot of what we have come up with um, in your marketing story building, for sure. Okay. Sure. Absolutely. And then we are in very good collaboration with LBNL in San Francisco, Lawrence Berkeley. Um, uh, started with Steven Salkovich, who's now retired, but we've got Charlie and his team. 
Um, so we are in good collaboration with them. We are in contact with the AERC initiative in, in the US, which is the window rating uh, scheme for, for uh, window attachments. I haven't followed it closely uh, the past two years, um, but I have colleagues that do. And we, are, we have the same kind of ambitions going the same way. Um, I see uh, that we are collaborating with the US in the sense of establishing an online uh, database on performance, stati uh, not statistics, but performance data. Um, I mean, what does this fabric really bring in right. terms of the calculation? Now, we have a beautiful situation where Fraunhofer in Germany, which is a, a scientific institute, they recently got about um, 2 million euros uh, from the German government to do various things. And one of them was to support ESSO in establishing an online cloud-based performance database uh, 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 that could be accessed by simulation wow. softwares around the world. Okay. And, and it's based on spectrally measured data, which is also combined with spectrally measured data on glazing. Sangobang was the first company coming in due to my collaboration with the guy I mentioned before, Mr. Storm. Um, but now it's global and, and you see more glazing manufacturers being part of that database as well. So all of a sudden, we will probably by the end of this year have this solution as a benefit for our global industry available. Yeah. Yeah. So That's they can awesome. really see what we are contributing right. in the terms of calculations. I love that. So, um, I mean, and, and then, of course, R&T, the German organizers, they are part of your AF um, AI exhibitions. And I'm preliminary booked for the next four years already. Uh, so <laughs> nice. Orlando, California, Houston, one more, and then back to Charlotte again. So uh, if I'm still alive and kicking, you won't get rid of me for <laughs> a few more years. Yeah, we'll be so, running into each other for sure. I mean, we have the same sun, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> the sun is the sun and the solar heat gain coefficient is the same around the world. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, why don't collaborate? And why right. should you invent the wheel again, if we are doing something good, let's share it. And yep. your industry in the US, you can shortcut years. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So on the shading, uh, Shade Academy side, tell us a little yeah. bit about that, how people can uh, learn more there. Yeah, well, um, well, it's shadeacademy.com is the website. It's up okay. and running. And um, um, as I, I uh, well, before we started, I, I gave you the uh, a code for the listeners. Uh, well, this evening for me, it's <laughs> it's nine nine o'clock uh, nine p.m. here now. Um, um, I give a fifteen percent discount uh, using that code that you might provide to them. Yeah, yeah, we'll put it in the show notes below here for sure. Yeah, and, uh, yeah, yeah. I appreciate so, that. And it's to be seen as a, a membership. And um, let's say that if you access today, you will find enough content to justify 
becoming a member of the content for the first year. It's sure. a 12-month uh, membership. Uh, but um, the way I set it up, uh, without any numbers on the chapters, it's more based on content in, right. in 12 main sections. Um, you can um, deep dive in what's important to you. And um, I have loads of ideas for additional content to be added to these things, <clears throat> to these chapters. And um, I try to make them like three to five minute lessons. So they are easy, digestible. Yep. You want to learn about how to define the solar heat gun coefficient. You will find a video five five minutes and you know it. Yeah. Um, so you can use it as a toolbox on a daily basis. And uh, we do have plans because my Maria Moya in Barcelona doing Shade Academy in Spanish. Uh, we are already talking about uh, eventually before summer, maybe having the first webinar like we have today, you and I, um, where we will share some some insights and, and content, which is then cost free of charge for, for the members. And we will build from that. And also very importantly, uh, built on what kind of requests we will get. If people will say, could you explain more about this? I'm missing that or whatever. We will have really big ears listening to that and, and uh, do whatever we can. Right. To fill cool. the gaps. Yeah. That's to, great. Because the ambition is that the Shade Academy should, uh, over the years, become, that's my personal ambition, the go-to platform for knowledge around dynamic solar shading and adaptive daylight management yeah sustainability yeah. and everything so uh, awesome so it's just yeah. going to keep growing uh, i love it that's great yeah uh, that's what we're we're working towards at least so. sure sure well listen anders I, I thank you so much for being on today uh you've you've provided some great insight uh you know beyond just the u.s which is pretty cool to, to hear about what things are happening in in other parts of the world how they're different and yeah. how yet everybody is still working, you know, together towards uh, towards one goal. Uh, yeah, it's been great. So I really appreciate your time. Uh, as I mentioned, I will put everything into the show notes and uh, links to the uh, to SO and to Shade Academy and yeah. there's a promo code in there. Uh, if you want to uh, to reach out to Anders, uh, we'll have information in there to reach out to him directly. And uh, mm -hmm. Anders, thank you so much for being on today. No, it was a true pleasure. And uh, as I said, a new experience. Sure. First yeah. Time, first time on a podcast. So, uh... <laughs> well, you did great. You did great for the first time. <laughs> You're a natural. <laughs> thank, well, thank you, you again. Yeah. Thank yeah. you so much. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Uh, if you like this episode, of course, give us a thumbs up. Uh, subscribe. We roll out new podcast episodes every two weeks on Tuesdays. And uh, we've got some great uh, additional service providers lined up in the coming uh, year. So very excited to, uh, to continue to bring this uh, information to everybody. So thank you all for listening. Hope you have a great day. Anders, thank you again. And uh, take care, everybody. See ya. Okay. Bye. All right. Stream stopped.
<laughs> yep. Okay. Awesome. So should I just to make sure if I give you that's the SO website. Okay. And of course, that's that's my website. Perfect. And the promo code you got already. Got that. And, and if anybody would like to reach out to me, academy.com, you have my email address at shadeacademy.com. Yeah, that's Perfect. the one. And is that okay to put on the show notes page if somebody wants to reach out to you via email? Yeah, yeah, sure. No problem at all. Yeah. And I, I can share with you as well that I was spoken with Jonathan at ATA mm -hmm. because they wanted me to do um, an online seminar after summer. Okay. But we just decided that we will probably do it after uh, the Orlando show okay. as, as a follow up. Um, and then we had Bruce, this journalist, he just recently um, issued an article. Do you know Bruce? No. Okay. Um, I could send you that article because he writes for a trading magazine. Oh. Um, he, he's based up north in, in the US, in, okay. in Minneapolis or something. Okay. And I don't know if the magazine is, let's say, state or more right. broader. Right. But I, he quoted me. He, it was his article and he interviewed me. Okay. Uh, so he's quoting me, but that's going on. Wow. Uh, and I have a high resolution copy of that that I got this morning, actually. So in, in terms of, let's say, marketing and, and, and all that, uh, I could share that one with you as well. Okay, and, sure. And you will get his contact details because he's a journalist writing for ATA and also sometimes for AIA. Yeah. The architect organization as yeah. well. Okay. So it could be uh, of value for both of us to be friends with him. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Couldn't hurt, so, right? I mean, if they see you, you exist. And if you make some noise, they might remember you. That's yeah, yeah, I'm. for sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right, Anders. Yeah. Thank you so much. Uh, go get some sleep. And uh, No, no, no problem. It's only... It's only <laughs> 9 15 here so yeah yeah <laughs> uh like i said we'll have this live on the 23rd uh, yeah. let me make sure that's the correct date just so you know um yeah, so, uh so 9 23 yep so so you'll be on the 23rd i'll email you mm -hmm. the link and say hey uh we're live go ahead and share it with your perfect with your tribe or yeah. whatever and that was uh, you my next question so perfect yeah. well yeah that's i'll, I'll let you know all right. All so right. before we see you again, maybe in um, Orlando in November, maybe. Yeah, I hope so. Uh, I did fill out the uh, thing to speak on a couple different things. Haven't heard back yet. So no, uh, I, I'm on the sun shading uh, radar, you know, with them. Yeah. But, uh, have had a tough time getting on the, the uh, ATA side. So. Um, All right. Somebody, yeah. somebody will pay attention eventually. So, <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm on. As I said, I'm on the ATA agenda now since yeah. last week. Yeah, so, that's so awesome. Far, so good. Excellent. But, um, but the, then again, I'm, um, I might also be on the next agenda for the COP28 in Dubai in December. Oh, fine. So, yeah. Wow. 
So uh, bringing solar shading to the COP meeting, that would be something we could um, reconnect yeah. around. Yeah, wow. That'd be awesome. As well. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, okay. Anyway, yeah. Sounds good. Thank you so much again. I appreciate your time. Okay, my pleasure. All right, we'll see you soon. Take care. All right, bye-bye. Bye. You've been listening to the Marketing Pains Podcast, where window treatment and awning business owners and industry experts share marketing information that helps you reach more customers. Please leave us a review on iTunes or your favorite podcast platform and get all of our show notes at wtmarketingpros.com slash podcast.